I'm Stuart Sheldon. My name's Ron Rothberg. 30 years ago, I was on Wall Street. I was the youngest vice president at my fancy company, but that's not what I wanted to do. After spending nearly 25 years in media, I knew things were changing, both in the industry and inside me. Swan Dive shares the powerful stories of those who had the clarity and backbone to make a major life pivot to their vision. I took a swan dive. I have been an artist ever since, and it's the best choice I ever made. Getting closer to who you really are. That's Swan Dive. From the Peacock and Park Studios, somewhere on the road of life, coming to you today from lovely Palm Springs in California, this is another edition of Swan Dive. I'm Ron Rothberg, and coming from the fancy nasty studios in Playa Grande, Costa Rica, it's Stuart Sheldon. Welcome to Swan Dive Revive. Hey, Stu. Hey, Ron. Yes, I'm enjoying this. Uh, this look back, this Swan Dive Revive, where we look back at an early episode well over a year ago and kind of deconstruct a little bit of what we were talking about, see how things have been going. This is particularly interesting because we recorded it in January of 2020. It aired April 7th of 2020, but January of 2020 was pre-COVID. There is no, you know, it was not a thing. And, and you'll note that there's no mention of it and so forth. Um, and so a lot was happening and, and to set the table here, that was the week you made your declaration after 16 years, you walked into your boss's office. You said, I love you. This is a great job, but I'm out. I've got other things to do. I'm going to follow my heart. And so this was at that exact moment in your life, a very seminal moment. Uh, and one that is, I think, deserving of uh, a closer look now in retrospect. So let's jump right in. Yeah, it's called Freedom. And like you said, it aired in, in April. It was recorded before the pandemic. And li- listening back, this is a treasure for, for me and you, I think. It's like this uh, incredible uh, time capsule that we've created. I don't listen back to many of them, but I listened back to this earlier today. And there was something that that stuck out to me um, knowing what we didn't know. And what you said was, today is one of those days. Today is that day. Uh, we all have those days where we're going to say we're going to do something, but that was the day we did it. And there's something that always gets in the way. I think when you said that, and you can say it better than I'm saying it now, but there's always an excuse. There's always a, well, I'll do it tomorrow or I'll do it next week. And for whatever reason, this came to a head for me and looking back through that, that today was that day uh, was powerful. And I think it's a lesson in how we live each and every one of our days. Is today going to be that day? Yeah. What I said actually was uh, today is one of these days. There you go. And that is based on the fact that we are always saying one of these days I'm going to go to Europe. One of these days, I'm going to take my wife to a fancy spa. One of these days, I'm going to start working out, you know? And so the idea that today is one of these days is is really what the point um, we were making. And, and it was your day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your day was that day. Um, the thing that stuck with me looking back at that episode and listening to it again today was that you said, quote, diving into the things you know you have inside you but haven't activated yet. 
that was what you were going to do. And, and I love that idea that we all have the thing inside of us that we cherish and that we intend to manifest, but for whatever reason we haven't. And it's really um, an essential thing. It is part of our essence. And so it comes back to the idea that why not today? You know, when when is that? And I do think a lot of people, to be fair, have come to that realization that, you know, time is a waste in light of the last year and a half. Uh, but it was nice to emphasize it. And uh, it was nice to emphasize it against the backdrop of you actually taking action, you know, um, and and so it was an inspiring episode uh, based on you, based yeah. on your story and your journey. You know, your journey was and is inspiring. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is the reason why it's uh, so uh, powerful in retrospect is the, the year's evaporating. We're midway through December. We have a couple of weeks left of this year. Uh, today is going to be one of those days, one of these, these days, days, one of these days. days. Today it right, man. is going to be. <laughs> today, today is one of these days, and these days are rapidly going behind us. And when you said that quote, I thought about it in terms of uh, the uh, opposite of a dive, of falling and not being in control, and things getting out of balance and out of yeah. grasp, and. That when you said that back to me, that's exactly the uh, the vision that I saw, and I didn't want that to happen, and that's why um, <laughs> I chose freedom and uh, and did make those hard choices. And we do talk about how hard it is to make those choices. Everyone's timeline's different. We're all in an, uh, on a long, long journey, and uh, we have to give each other grace for the decisions and when they happen and if they happen. So. Yeah. Another thing that I took from that episode was this idea of of how we have our neural pathways. We've done something repetitively for so long, for, for years, for decades. And we often mistake comfort for wellness or comfort for satisfaction. And it is really important to get out of the grooves. We talked about you know, digging like the grooves that get dug. I mean, it's it's somewhat literal in terms of the neural pathways that exist in your nervous system. And it's hard to kind of get out of those grooves because they're deep. And it takes repetition and it takes um, a certain level of tenacity and perseverance, but you can reprogram your neural pathways. And it's part of changing behavioral patterns and changing direction. And so, you know, you were just such an example of that at that moment. And I'm hoping that more people out there listening recognize that don't settle for comfortable, you know, don't settle for just I, I'm good at it. And it's because I've always done it like this. And, you know, I mean, that's a that's a somewhat tepid life. It's a mediocre approach. Um, and I think we're all capable of more than that. And, uh, you know, right on. why not today? Why not? Why not in the next 30 days, make a major change in some aspect of your life? Why not? Or a minor one. 
just one little thing to change the neuro pathways. Maybe it is a small thing that leads to a big thing. Um, it is interesting, though, to look back, uh, especially over this one and a half years of uh, just dynamic sea change in the world, uh, and looking back at it now and saying, "Why not now? Just why?" Yeah, not and now? you know, you said another. You said another thing in that you you. Your job had become something of a drudgery, um, 16 years, and it was 16 years in that particular job, but that was a continuation of the better part of, you know, 20-some years for you in that space, the media space, the advertising space. Um, and while you were making good money and you were good at your job and you were loved at your job and you had a good relationship with your colleagues and your boss, I mean, things were fine, um, you talked about how doing the podcast in, 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 in tandem with this moment where you walked into your boss's office, how giddy you were mm. when you turned on the mics and we did this because you come from a content creation background. You're, you know, you're a talker, you're a voice guy, you're a philosopher. And all of a sudden you got to, you know, sort of use those muscles again, which had been somewhat atrophied for some time. And, and the contrast between the drudgery of of a good job and the delight and ecstasy of this non-paying thing that was purely your soul being activated was was pretty it was pretty refreshing to yeah. just hear that hear hear that and and so much of life is not about what we get paid and i don't want to sound preachy and soapboxy but for example i had dinner with a friend the other night a former guest leticia dewer um, I, I highly recommend you listen to her podcast, uh, her Swan Dive. She runs a nonprofit that she founded here in Costa Rica and does so much good. I was helping paint a mural on the building a few days ago, and she, she and I had dinner afterwards. She works so tirelessly and has made the world so much better a place, educated people, given medical care, psychological care, school products to, to mothers and, 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 and young families. She has literally changed hundreds, if not thousands of lives. She doesn't get paid much at all for her job. She gets paid meager, meagerly. Um, and, you know, she's doing fine. Her husband has a good job. But the point is, is that she's not working, working her way up any ladders. She's at the end of the road in terms of the, the, the function of her life. Um, or not the end of the road, but she's sort of at the destination of the function of her life. And she's fired up to go every day. And it's mm -hmm. just, uh, there's so much more. She is making such a difference with her life. So the metric of just money, which is a, a very, very North, you know, a USA centric metric is one that don't, don't be careful. Yeah. Be careful. It's a, it's, it's a, it needs to be, it really needs to be looked at and studied. And is that really enough? You know, it often really isn't. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I'm sure with Leticia, with you and with me, one of the things looking back is it wasn't a straight line. It's never going to be a straight line. Uh, that, that metaphor of the swan dive is continual motion uh, toward or away uh, from where you want to go and activating that authenticity. So I, I really believe that now looking back that uh, it is a series of moves and we continue to move and it's okay. That dynamic flow is really uh, part of what will get you ultimately where you want to be. Yeah. And I think the, the, the thing that really bears repeating 
is that it's not necessarily one giant leap. You know, we tend to think of these things in grandiose terms and the swan dive in Acapulco, you're off, you know, you're driving off a hundred foot cliff. It can be a small change, which leads to another change and another. And in fact, often that's exactly what happens. And um, I just think the, the real take home message here is, is take a deep look inside and what is that first move? What's the first leg of the journey that you're ready to take now? And let's get on with that. I mean, let's do that. You know, there's only, what, two weeks left in the year. And so January 1, you know, legitimately pivot, make a real change, do it. That's a good place to segue. So hit play and continue to listen. This originally aired April 7th, 2020. We recorded it before the pandemic news had hit. This is called Freedom. And it's me taking my dive. Diving into your future, diving into your talents, diving into the things inside you that you know you have that you haven't activated yet. And this is an important and ongoing conversation. And why is this an important one? This was the week that I made my declarations to. I made it known to those around me, the important people that I, that I work with, um, that it was time for me to go. And, yeah, um, man, that, that, uh, that is a big deal. I mean, that, rec- that, that, that's almost, that almost uh, warrants a moment of silence, because, <laughs> which I'm incapable of, of doing. But uh, nevertheless, that is such a big moment, and I applaud you, and I can't wait to hear the details. So yeah, so definitely, um, I'm airborne right now. You know, the the toes are off the cliff. Um, we talked about this before. It's really important to kind of go back in time and understand how we got here. And one of the things that keeps us on the top of the cliff, it seems like that metaphor is great because it took me a couple of years of climbing and I went down and I went up and I went down and I went up. But one thing was certain was that as I was climbing, um, I was very, very aware of the roots and the grooves that I wore in the ground um, in the 16-year career that I had. Don't get me wrong. It was a great career. I've had a wonderful run. But it was time. And, and you had brought this up before, uh, the, the concept of grooves that you wear in the ground, just kind of putting your head down and getting programmed and doing the same thing day after day. How do we get there? Well, listen, it's, it's neural pathways. I mean, it's science. You know, you, uh, if you do the same thing the same way day after day, year after year, it becomes um, part of your neural networking and it's how you do it. And that same idea is present in anything. You become familiar with something, you become comfortable with doing it that way. That doesn't necessarily mean that you like doing it that way, but you know how to do it that way. And, uh, and a lot of folks can never, you know, they miss, they mistake comfort for wellness or comfort for satisfaction or and safety. It happens in, and safety, exactly. And for yeah. safety, it happens in marriages. It happens in professional lives. It happens in relationships. Yeah. And uh, it's the, it's, it, it takes a big person to really recognize your patterning and your grooves 
and uh, kind of climb your way up out of those, look around and 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 go dig new groups, you know, which is what you just started to do. Sure. And those neural pathways and those worn grooves are very hard uh, to to break. I was in uh, Israel in November. I went on a men's group trip to Israel. It was sponsored by uh, the local uh, uh, temple. And I was with the group. I'm not a I'm not a religious person. I'm I, I'm not a devout Jewish person. I I believe in uh, Judaism as a culture, but the religious part of it had been kind of hitting and missing for quite some time. But this was a really interesting trip, and I learned a lot of things. And one of the things that was I was exposed to devout practicing Orthodox Jews do this thing uh, that I never knew about. They they may make a prayer when they put their right shoe on first. And they consciously put their right shoe on first and dedicate those several minutes to thinking about doing something kind for somebody else that day. And I thought, wow, what a beautiful, perfect, simple thing that I can dedicate to. I can take this with me. And, you know, I loved the people of Israel. I loved the country of Israel. I loved her history. Judaism, you know, there's a great pragmatism to a lot of Judaism, and I respect that, the laws of kosher. And then this, this right shoe first, to do something good for somebody somebody else. So I come back, and I tell my wife and kids way too many times, because I think I'm annoying, and I say, I'm going to do this. This is what, you know, I, this is a great thing. It's a simple thing to adopt in your day. So... Weeks pass, and I, I, I am intentional with this. I, I am intentional. I'm in my morning routine. I'm in the shower. I'm washing my hair. I get out. I brush my teeth. I go to the bedroom. I get in my car. I'm driving in my car, and I'm like, wait, did I put my right shoe on first? Hmm. I thought a lot about it. The next day, same thing. I'm shaving. I'm doing my thing. I get to work. I'm at my desk. Holy cow. Again, I didn't do it. Honest to goodness, it took a full three months until a full week went by when I was able to reprogram myself, get out of the groove and just say, this is it. I've done it. Five days in a row, I put my right shoe on first with the intention of doing something kind for for others. And I thought about, Stu, I thought about it. I thought about why. Why does that take so much time to reprogram yourself? And I fully believe for me, it's the just the difficulty in being present and that whole ner- the whole need to be on to the next thing because the thing that you're doing right now that stupid benign act of putting on your shoes could in fact be the most important thing you did that day mm-hmm. yeah listen i mean the the bottom line is you're learning to be intentional it's it's something that most of us are not I'm learning as well and really trying to think about that. Um, uh, my question is also, did you actually do a kind thing for another person? <laughs> it's one thing to put your shoe on and think about it. The other thing is, did you actually activate the intention? Um, you know, it's you funny. Know. Yes. Uh, and, and it's something, uh, it's remarkable when you think about that early in the day and you go through your day. Like just the other day, I'm walking my dog and I see another guy walking his dog, a neighbor, and we exchange names and pleasantries, and he lives a couple of streets over, and I live over here. And, and, and it was as simple as being kind to each other and acknowledging each other. And that was um, as big as it got for me that day, and, and, and that was big. And so yeah. just like you said, intentional, intentional. And 
the intent of breaking through the grooves and breaking through the routine and, and getting out of the comfort will take a long time because this is a long game. I, I, I love that, that this is a long game and I embrace that. And so in this long game, going back in time, we had a, every intention of, uh, of me doing this dive in 2021. January 2021, it was all on paper. My wife and I talked about it. <clears throat> I was going to work another year. And at the end of the last year, I just I made up my mind a different way. I pivoted and I said, I can't do it anymore. I'm ready. I am so ready. It is time. And so I moved that timeline up. Uh, um, my wife had her reservations because I have been known to start things and maybe not finish them and, um, in the past. Uh, but this was something that was too important uh, not to finish. So yeah. going, going forward in time, because it just, Stu, it was like, it, it was inside me. I was, a little bit was dying every day and, and I couldn't, I couldn't exist and thrive in that. So I went forward. And so, yeah, so this week I, I, um, I did it. I walked into my boss's office, uh, a woman with whom I've known for a dozen years plus, and uh, I respect her very much. She's wonderful. She's been supportive. You had talked last time about this, um, these arms around you that once you make that decision, you're going to find that people are going to embrace and love and support you. And I was very uh, nervous about this conversation, but I put it out there and I put it out there very quickly. What did you say exactly? I said, listen, uh, this is something I want to get your personal advice on this. And this is what I'm going to do. And this is why. And I am going to be gone from the company at the end of March. That's, I'm, I, and I, I thought about all the things involved in this. And I respect you so much that I have to give you as much time as possible to make a good succession plan. But this is what I'm doing because I can't look inwardly and do the things that I need to do for you and for this company anymore outwardly. And so the honest, forthright, courageous thing to do, and we'll get back to that word in just a second, is to, uh, to put it all out there and, uh, and, and let you know what's going on. And, and she, what did she say? What did she say exactly to you after at that moment? She said, I thought I'd be gone before you. And then she, and then, uh, and then she used that C word, uh, courage. It takes a lot of courage to do that. And, um, and I, I've pushed back on the, on the C word. Um, I think it's, and then I, I thought about that. Uh, is it courageous? Uh, is it survival? Um, I think it's a combination of having the courage to follow your convictions. If you've made up your mind on the inside, you have to bring it out. And, and yeah. I believe that that's what that courage is, is the courage to follow the convictions. Whatever decision you've made, uh, whatever your, uh, your next step is, you know, to follow through on it. And there's a lot of people out there that, that I've talked to recently that have said, I want to do this, but I got to do this first. And the grooves keep grinding and the comfort is there and the safety is there. And that's okay because it's going to come. It's going to be their time. This just happened to be my time. This just yeah. happened to be my time. Uh, no judgment, no timeline on anyone. It is a long game, but this happened to be my time. And that's what I told her. And, and, and she embraced it. She right. absolutely, absolutely embraced it. And quite honestly, was a bit envious of, of, of what was going on. Because I told her a couple of things that I had going on on the outside. I said, I'm, 
I'm diving into this 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 realm, this medium of 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 podcasting. I really feel like there's a voice there that we Stu are contributing to this platform and this medium, and we have something very important to tell. And um and it, I I just have been drawn into this. You and I text back and forth, and I'm giddy. I'm like busting at the seams to open up the microphones and have a conversation and that's drive and passion. And those are the things that was, were missing uh, while I was climbing that cliff and while I was peering down at the water and wherein I was just paused at the top. Yeah. Paused at the top. I think that our culture, I mean, the U S culture is inherently aspirational in other words, we all have dreams and one day and I'm going to. Um, and far too often we we don't activate the, the, the dream state. You know, this whole idea of one day I'm gonna. One mm. of these days. Why um, I you know, my, my life is about today is one of these days. It, today is the day that I said, you know, when I said one day, I meant this day. Yes. And and so for so much so so many of us and so many of you out there one of these days when is that exactly? Like do me a favor, open your calendar and tell me what day is one <laughs> of these days cuz I but, contend that it's like in the next 30 days, okay? That's when one of these days is. And we just need to sort of rethink this because the idea of being present it's so it's such an overused term, but it, it, I was at a party last night and I met a, a guy, happy go lucky Spanish guy. Um, and I said, Hey man, 2020, perfect vision. What do you see? What do you, what do you got? What are you looking forward to? And he said, listen, man, there's nothing but right now, this moment that I'm looking, I'm enjoying this moment right now. Yeah. There's nothing behind me. There's nothing in front of me. I'm talking to you. I feel great. Life is good. Pura vida. And I'm like, dude, best answer ever. Yeah. And um, so it's, yeah, it's one of those days. It's one yeah. of, one of these days is today. And I think that people need to sort of wrap their arms around that idea that it can be now. It yeah. can be now. Sure. You got to get your finances in order. Sure. You got to be uh, get your partner on board. Sure. You, you know, you got to do it with respect when you walk into your boss's office as you clearly did. Yes. Um, but uh, just get your arms around like one of these days is now and let's get on with it. You know, that's like the first part of this. And the now has a payoff. I I um I walked out with a very much a, a, a skip in my step. Um, I felt the relief, immediate relief uh, that that was lift lifted from my shoulders. That 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 I knew it was the right thing to do. It was the right time to do it. I felt so good about it. I called my wife and I said, "Hey, talk to it. Let let the cat out of the bag." And she said, "Really?" I'm like, "Yep." It's happening. It's happening. And then I, I reached out to several other folks uh, in my network. And we'll talk about that in just a second because that's one, one of the most important things uh, I think about this whole journey is your network and activating that. And I was met with so much love, support, envy, jealousy, awe, all those things. You know, 16 years of grooves is a long time for me. For me and uh, and and others, I'm sure have deep grooves. The, the cows going from one side of the pasture to the other, and it's hard to do that. So I got home, hugged my wife, poured myself a nice whiskey on the rocks, 
And I turned on the TV. I was feeling really good. I turned on the TV, Stu, and I, I bumped into the beginning of the movie Goodwill Hunting with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. And uh, I will contend that's probably one of the best masterpieces ever created. Um, <laughs> and I just watched that movie and freaking cried my eyes out uh, at so many different things. You know, it's a story of perception, identity, and embracing yourself and your gifts. I was like, shit, how important was that for me at that moment? And then Robin freaking Williams in an Academy Award and his deep, beautiful, blue, troubled eyes that look back at you now and you see the depths of that pain. Wow. You know? Oh, yeah. Um, and, and then I got... You know, one of our conversations earlier was about curiosity. So I got real curious about Goodwill Hunting. Why Goodwill Hunting? Why is that on right now? Why am I deep in the middle of this? And it was, of course, the movie that launched the careers of Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. They wrote this. Matt Damon was a senior at Harvard. He turned this in as a one-act play. And then years uh, back and forth with producers, it became what it was. They lived on each other's couch in L.A., but they embraced who they were in their Bostonian background and delivered on the authenticity in such a, a remarkable way that it launched them into who yeah. they are and what they did. Yeah, you know, you tap on this, this idea of authenticity. And, and it's really hard for a lot of us to discover who we, are, who we are authentically. I mean, because we spend so many years and eventually decades, many of us, not necessarily being who we authentically are, but being who we need to be to pay the bills or being who we think people that we admire want us to be or think that we should be. Um, and eventually we get into these grooves and then all of a sudden 30 years pass and, you know, you're not really ever doing what you're best at or who you authentically are and what your gifts are. You're not activating your gifts. I think so much of this idea of a swan dive is about activating your gifts. Everybody's got gifts. Everybody's got their thing, you know, mm -hmm. that they're good at, that they're best at, that they, that, 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 that is the, of greatest value to not only themselves, but the world at large. How do we all get to that? How do we all discover what that is um, and then fully own it and, and activate it? And I don't have the answer for that, but I do know that there is a first step and that first step is, is the pivot. And, uh, and I, I can say, I can hear in your voice, the elation, I can hear the, 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 the sense of self worth and pride in your, in yourself as you should feel. Um, and I feel it for you. I mean, I've watched your career from day one, from your, your early days as a radio, you know, sort of a powerhouse DJ making moves and, and having fun and, and, and then watched you evolve into the media space, um, with Comcast and, and I'm sure you were just great at it and you could have gone on, you could have made a lot more money, um, and you did well, financially and, and otherwise. And so, you know, you could have just kept on going and, and, and just kept collecting the benefits of that. But, but, I, but I couldn't. But you, but you but, didn't, man. You wanted to do – it wasn't your – a manifestation of your greatest gifts. You have many skills and we all have many skills. But your greatest gifts and your greatest talents, the shiniest of all your talents is your creative spark, your humor, your ability to string a narrative – with both humor and heart. And, uh, and that is, you know, where, where you're headed now. But so good but, on but you, man. 
but thanks, man. But it's it, but a, a beyond you know having to make that pivot is the reality, and I think this is the the why this voice is such a shared voice is that several other people in several other industries are going to be faced with the same thing. The truth of the matter is technology is changing the world as we know it. It's changing industry as we know it. It's sharpening industries. It's flattening industries. It's blowing up industries. And and for us and our colleagues and people in this place, in this space, we need to have our eyes wide open and go back to authenticity and honesty. Honesty and at looking at where you are and where the runway is going to take you. And and that was part of my decision and something that I share with a lot of people when I have these conversations. I think in the back of everyone's mind, they know that there is a future outside of where they currently are. And at the time of authenticity and at the time of honesty to activate a plan to go towards something that is more meaningful for them and more honest in their heart, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. The voice we share with a lot of people at this moment in time is that technology is going to displace most every industry and change it. Are you able to change with it? Are you able to pivot into something else? And for me, for you, with your art, for me, uh, with this platform and some other things that are that are out there for me, um, I have a great opportunity to pivot into my past and activate those treasures, those gifts that I have. And, and that's really important. But the other part of it, the, the important part now as, as I go forward, so, so that happened this week. The most important thing that happened for me this week was the validation I got from my network. And I really want to talk about the network that we have around us and why it's so important to tap into that while you dive. Because your network is there for you. I had a conversation with a lifelong friend. Gosh, I, I love these lifelong friends. And I called him and I said, George, you pivoted. You did your thing. Um, what was the most important thing? And he said, your network. He said, your network, he said, reach out to people. He said, people want to help. People will embrace you. And it's human nature. It's human nature to uh, to, to lend that hand. And I did that. I, I reached out to several people with whom I I, I, I covet their, uh, their opinion. And I talked my way through it. And it felt so good on a couple of different levels. Number one, it was a great excuse to reconnect with people. Uh, but on another level, it was um, validation uh, of the decisions that I made and why it was important to do them. And as I go forward, that network is going to be very important. And I'm sure several folks have networks that, um, that, that are the same thing. Um, you talked about uh, your network uh, and how just random ways that you blew up that came to you as such a surprise. Well, listen, my, I mean, let's talk about my pivot and, you know, I pivoted 30 years ago from, from finance to fine art. Basically I was like that cliche kid who just wanted any job, any, in, you know, in Hollywood kind of thing, I'll do anything. I'll clean the toilets, just get me on a movie set kind of thing. And after a year at, at the university of Miami film school, I moved to Los Angeles cause I was trying to get, a, wanted to finish up at a, at a better film school, but that's not the point. The point is, is that I moved to Los Angeles and I had basically a year uh, to kill while I was applying to get into one of the good schools. And so I figured I, one, two, two of my buddies 
um, were, uh, had, had an apartment. I moved in with those two guys. They both were in the business, in the film business. And, um, and I told them both, Hey man, you know, what do you got? You know, anything, I'll do anything. If you got any love on the sets of, of your shows or whatever, the week after I get there, I come home and one of my roommates says, Hey Stu, um, I want you to check this out. And he throws a script on a table or a, a, a what looked like a script on a table and he says, turn to page seven. Mm-hmm. I open the thing up. I turn to page seven. I look down. It says production assistants. Boom, boom, boom. Stuart Sheldon. So I'm on this show. And I was like, wow, dude, this is insane. And it was a Michael Jackson's black or white video. So my very first gig in one week being in, in, in Los Angeles uh, was working with Michael Jackson. And it was only because of my network. Only because of my friend who I, I reached out to and who reached back and who, you know, who, who, who brought it. And, and that was incredible. And then shortly thereafter, my mom, who was a public school teacher and had a colleague who was also a public school teacher, reached out to a friend of hers because her son had become a big time producer and writer in Hollywood had like seven movies in the can already and, and had won awards. So she reached out to her son who's, and, and, and I in turn got to meet him. I invited him to lunch. Mind you, I'm, I'm a vice president of investments. I've been managing millions of dollars. So I say, dude, let me take you to lunch. Let's get together. Chatted, got to know him. Hey, this is what I want to do. Chasing my passion, et cetera, et cetera. You got anything? He calls me back a week later. Um, would you mind driving the star on my next movie? And I became the <laughs> Donald Sutherland's chauffeur nice. for the next several months. So Michael Jackson, Donald Sutherland, you know, it, I mean, it all just happened because of my mom and my good friend and the other folks in my network who also sort of those things just kept happening. I reached out. There was enthusiasm going in both directions. They were happy to help me. Um, they genuinely did help me. I took advantage of the situation. So, so yeah, man, you're just going to find, I'm sure now that, you know, that you're out, you sort of come out with this whole new, new, you, new, new, new direction that people are going to be like, Oh, absolutely. You're in the podcast business. Well, my cousin's been doing that for two years and let me, you know, it's just going to start click, click, clicking along. And because once you sort of put a marker down and say, I am this, I'm this, and this is what I want. And this is what I'm into people will start to sort of respond to you as that. But Stu, I think it's bigger than that. I think it's, I think the bigger point than that is that you're not an island, that we're all in this together. And there's a lot of people that want to give that warm embrace. I fully believe that, you know, I, I, I hope I live my life that people are well-intended that have good intentions. And that's what I think is was so important, what George told me about the things that came back to him from his network were the things that you just said. People are warm, excited, helpful. And, and, and just thinking about it in that way gives you that pause to do it because you have a lot of hands around you. And that, well, that, that to me is, is huge. Here's what I'm going to say. When someone has, you know, when I decided to leave Wall Street, I looked in my parents' eyes and my parents are are wonderful parents and they're wonderful people. And they saw in my eyes the truth. They saw my truth. My truth was that, that I was in agony, that I was not in the right career, 
that I'd given it five years. I mean, I had not, I wasn't just bailing, you know, and they saw the truth in my eyes that like, this was what I, that my dream, I had dreams and I wanted to chase those dreams and I wanted to pivot. They saw that and they embraced that and they, they supported me because they love me. And of course they want their child to move towards his truth and his authenticity and so forth. Every single person that you or whomever is listening out there meets once you have pivoted to your truth, to your vision, to your authentic self, they're going to see it in your eyes. Yeah. They're going to feel the enthusiasm coming off of you. They're going to feel the stoke that you feel and the pride that you have in yourself. They're going to get jazzed by, by your energy, your positive energy and your courage and your backbone, that inspires people. You will become an inspiration to virtually everyone that you encounter because everyone wants to pivot. Yeah. Everyone wants to be their best selves, but not many people have the balls to do it. So if you, if and when you do that, you are going to not only be supported like with contacts and so forth, but like be admired. Yeah. You are going to be admired and appreciated, loved and, and, and exemplified. And, and it's really, it's a beautiful feeling, man, to like be doing you when you do yourself, when you do you, people feel it, people admire it and people want to see it succeed. And thus your network will come to your aid. You know, one of the most gratifying things that happened in my career in the last five years was a coworker confiding in me uh, and thanking me for being such a mentor to her. And I never knew what I meant to her. And it was really eye-opening for me. And one of those hidden treasures of life that you've helped someone just organically and made an impact. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it came back to me in such a way that, that that's, that was a treasure. And that to me is something that, uh, that will probably manifest itself over and over again in the way that you just talked about. I I don't want to paint the picture, Pollyannish picture that as soon as you pivot, everything is great and the world loves you. And we all live happily ever after. I mean, like my, my art career has been long and arduous and, and remains so. Um, but but there's never a moment when I when I regret that pivot. There's never a moment when I'm not proud of myself for, for making that change. And I think most of us will feel that way afterwards. And I think that uh, that's what's going to come in the weeks to come. That's why I'm excited about this conversation as it unfolds in real time, because I know there's going to be walls that will be hit with my forehead. And I know I'm going to have to stitch it up. Uh, and I know that that's coming. And I'm embracing that too. Uh, I am not going into this to thinking that uh, it's going to be a happily ever after. The water might be colder than I thought. It might be more shallow than I thought. Um, I might not push myself away from the edge as far as I would have thought. But I am going to be able to handle all those things regardless of what happens. Because I'm in mid-flight right now. I'm in yeah, mid-freaking flight right now. You know, back yeah. to one other point that I wanted to make about um, uh, activating your network and your neighbors. 
um, I, I told this story to you, and I think it's one of the most important tales I've I, I've heard in quite some time. My neighbor Lenny, who owns a flower shop in our neighborhood, when we moved in here, he uh, came over and we got to know each other. He's an interesting cat, and he said, "You know, if you only knew what your neighbor needed, we'd all be so much better." Mm. And in the middle of the dive, and before the dive, and after the dive. Um, knowing that I am not alone and knowing that I am going to go to my neighbors, my colleagues, my network, my friends, people that I trust, people that I respect, people that I admire. And I think they have the same admiration back. I hope in some way, shape or form, we're going to do this together. Um, and we're going to see what we need and, uh, I'm going to satisfy some of those needs and and maybe I'm not in some respects, uh, but it's going to be out there. And that's what's really freaking exciting for me. We're still only, what, two or three episodes into this thing. Yep. It's, it's just it's brand new. I'm sitting in my bathroom. I mean, it's hilarious how cliche <laughs> it is. But I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, one of the things that's fascinating about this particular corner of, of, of life that we're, that we're discussing is that every single person that, that – is going to do this. I respect everyone that does this. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you do, what field you're in, whether who you are, where you are, how old you are, your politics. I don't care if you pivot to your best self and to your vision and to your dream. Right on, dude. I respect you, brother, sister. Get on with it. Go for it. I, re- I, I relate to you. And we are kindred spirits. And I'm hoping that one day there'll be, you know, I don't know what we'll call you, swans, divers, <laughs> swan divers, um, whatever we all are. But we can all get in a room and and just look at each other and be like, right on, yo. I mean, look yeah. at you. Look at you, like, out there, putting it out there, doing your thing. And there's just an implicit respectability uh, and courage and 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 character backbone in in anyone that does this. And so, for me, it's exhilarating to think that we're lighting up this group, we're connective tissue here to make this group kind of recognize itself. And and uh, it's just just know that you know there's a, there are heroics. It's a heroic step. And I feel like if in any way we can facilitate or even better catalyze people to get on with this heroic step and, and, and their hero's journey. Um, well, what a, what an exciting thing, yeah. man. What yeah. an exciting thing. So yeah, that's, that's, that's one of the things that is most interesting and exciting for me as I look at the possibilities here. And one of the things about that is no one needs permission when the, no one needs permission to activate, to, to take that hero uh, leap. Um, and I think that's really important. There was no permission taken or granted for you and I to start these conversations. Uh, they just happened. Uh, they just happened. And I, and I appreciate it. And I think that uh, if you look in your heart, if you do your inventory of your skills, if you look at the grooves that are worn in the ground, if you take a look at your network, if you have the ability to honestly assess and be authentic to yourself, the only permission you need is to take the freaking dive. Right. 
Right on. Agreed. Agreed. You know, one day is today. One of these days is today. today it is, is man. It is. Today is. That's my T-shirt. Today is one of these days. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Swan Dive. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and share this episode. Also, we are building a new season of Swan Dive. So if you or you know someone who has experienced a swan dive in their life, please hit us up and contact us through our website, www.swandive.us.